there's not this set path that, that everyone needs to go down. There's not a set age that you need to achieve certain things by and it's everything is going to work itself out eventually. Welcome to the Find the Gap podcast, where we're going to focus on the health and well-being of the support personnel and practitioners within high performance sport. This will act as a platform for practitioners to share their own insights and experiences that have helped them progress to where they are today, as well as be a safe environment in which they can touch upon moments of vulnerability and other emotional battles in which they've had to overcome in order to be successful. My name is Sam, and thanks for joining me on the Find the Gap podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sustainable Sports. Sustainable Sports is an apparel company designed for every athlete. Every piece of apparel is produced and made from recycled plastic bottles, which at the end of the period of use can be returned to be remade into the new model. 80% of discarded textiles can just sit there for more than 200 years, which emits methane, a powerful greenhouse gas that is more potent than carbon. Sustainable Sports looks to be the apparel company that uses 100% recycled polyester fabric to help protect the planet. Their products are designed to look and feel great in order to boost the performance of those wearing them. Sustainable Sports understands the difficulties in community level sports and the struggles that local clubs have to endure throughout the season to get the players on the park. Sustainable Sports is made up of the individuals who are passionate and involved within sports at the grassroots levels. Today we're going to talk with Sean Jessiman. So Sean is the Strength and Rehab Coordinator at Frankston VFL Football Club. Um, he's also a physiotherapy student at University of Melbourne. Sean is also the strength and conditioning coach and the co-founder of Triax Performance, which is a consultancy group providing high-performance training solutions for sub-elite athletes and teams. So here's the episode with Sean. Yeah, I did. I had to do some research for that one, but yeah, I've got one. <laughs> so, Sean, cheers to jumping on, mate. Um, now, just to quickly, you want to give you a little bit about yourself, just maybe where you've come from, where you've been studying, uh, what you're studying now and where you are at the moment. Yeah. Thanks for having me, firstly, uh, Sammy. Very good to be here. Um, so I guess um, initially just always grew up in, in Melbourne, not, not necessarily in the city. I was a bit of an outer suburbs boy. So I used to live in Pakenham for most of my life, which is about 45 minutes from the city. Went through year 12 into uni, studied a Bachelor of Exercise and Sports Science at, at Deakin. Did an honours year there as well. Uh, worked for a bit, strength and conditioning. And then now I'm doing a doctor of physiotherapy at uh, University of Melbourne. Perfect. And how's the, how's the doctor gone? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty full on. Pretty full on being... Um, by the time I started it this year, I'd been out of uni for about four years. So it's been a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. So, um, but otherwise it's good. It's really interesting learning a lot, but yeah, lots, lots of content to get through, which is a little bit overwhelming, but it's good. Yeah. yeah. And you're with the Dolphin boys now, yeah? Yeah. Frankston Dolphins down in the, uh, the VFL. Um, having a good year so far, which is, which is nice. They've been a club that hasn't been too successful over the years. So... Yeah, we got, had a few wins on the board and, and when you see the crowd down there and they're making plenty of noise, um, yeah, it's really exciting, actually. Is that top six at the moment, Franks and Dolphins? Or? Yeah, I think, I think we're sixth, yeah. Now, like your, your build-up to where you were at Frankston, did you go through internships after you, got, you graduated your Bachelor of Exercise Science? Um, just want to give like a short overview of how you built up to then. 
Yeah, so while while I was at uni, I um, was at the Richmond Football Club in the AFL, um, mostly just helping out with like um, their GPS units. Yeah, the, there wasn't too much responsibility there. It was more just an extra set of hands to help, um, but still being part like seeing inside an AFL club is really interesting and um, something I'll always, you know, always remember and find really interesting. Um, and then from there, did the honours year still at Deakin and that was sort of integrated within the AFL umpires, sort of their their training practices and their, and their training programs and whether they were... Uh, specific enough to replicate the demands of competition and that sort of thing. And so had a little bit of experience with them, but not, not a lot. And then from there sort of decided, I hadn't really had much strength and conditioning experience um, up until then and decided that's what I wanted to get into. So sort of sort out some internships. One was with uh, Port Melbourne our football club and the VFL. And the other one was with uh, core advantage, which is a high performance facility um, here in Melbourne. They work with a lot of, a lot of junior athletes, a lot of basketballers, um, but, you know, all different sports, you know, the normal footy, cricket, but then like a lot of uh, swimming, you know, dancers, uh, ice hockey players, uh, there's a there's a good mix. So, um, and then, yeah, so after after those couple of internships, that's when I ended up at, at Frankston. Now, I listened to a few of your um, episodes on your own podcast, uh, the, the Triax Performance which yeah. is, uh, we'll, we'll touch on what you boys are doing with Triax as well later on, um, which is awesome, by the way. Um, but yeah. some of your episodes, which unfortunately didn't um, didn't get to feature yourself on there, but touched on mental health for coaches and everything for uh, during COVID and whatnot. So just from your own point of view, because I didn't get to hear your voice on the episode, do you want to just touch on how important you think that that, that topic is for mental health in co- for coaches? Yeah, uni was getting the better of me when when the other boys recorded that one, so couldn't be a part of it, unfortunately. That says something in itself, doesn't it, for the whole aspect of the person itself. You know, you're running a podcast, you've got your own strength and conditioning setup going, you're also doing your doctorate, you're just like, there's a lot in your plate. Still haven't got that balance quite right, I don't think. But yeah, I guess mental health, not just for people, um, within our industry and strength and conditioning coaches and that, but just for, for everyone in general, it's something that I'm uh, pretty passionate about. And if I'm honest, it's probably not something I've had enough conversations about with people within the industry. Like I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but I probably haven't taken part in in many of those conversations just like with, with the people I work with or, pe- or people I know. But I guess from the out, like from the outside looking in, I think this the the industry itself it looks probably looked pretty glamorous at times and I don't I guess I don't want to sound ungrateful you know in what we do we there are certain definitely definitely um certain industries or or jobs that are a lot tougher than ours but I think that the hours that the people have to put in the the pay isn't always as good as you would think it is particularly in sport whether that be professional sport or um, sub elite sport um, it's it's pretty poor to be honest to, um, considering the the qualifications that you, you typically need to have um, and the job security as well is is pretty average and I guess we've seen you know just over the last year that this industry pretty much gets gets wiped out anytime that there's there's a lockdown so I think all those factors they definitely definitely weigh on people a lot and it's something that, that 
that I've certainly heard a lot of people within the industry say they, they've struggled with those sort of things and it definitely impacts on their mental health. But I guess personally, it's probably something I haven't, haven't taken part in enough and something, but something I definitely want to going forward. Do you feel like that's because the, what you were mentioning about the industry, it's very, very hard, long hours. Do you feel like when you're trying to make it to the top, well, not the top, wherever the top might be, no one knows what you're trying to do as much as you can to, you know, satisfy your own expectations. You're always just going, 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 going. You're not stopping and even just chatting about those things. Yeah. It's funny how, um, I guess as strength and conditioning coaches or in, in the health field, you're always preaching to your, your athletes or your clients, the importance of sort of balance and, and sleep and that sort of thing. But yeah, that's like the first thing that goes out of the window when, when it comes to coaches, they, they don't prioritize those things, even though they, they preach about it to those, to those that they're working with, you know? 100%. So what, what would you say that your, um, you know, sleep, whatever is time study, what, what are you struggling with the most at the moment? I guess probably not necessarily at the moment because I'm, I'm only in the first week back at uni, but particularly last semester, I really struggled with getting that, that balance right and I probably I've always been someone that with with lectures and stuff a lot of them they're zoom recorded now and they're online and I'm I sort of think oh I'll just listen to it later you know it's it's fine I'll just catch up on it later and then and then I don't and it's sort of and I didn't probably didn't prioritize uni as much as I needed to so I think that yeah as as I was saying earlier it's taken a bit of time to adjust to get back into the swing of things with uni yeah, like, but, but even on, on top of that, like I'm, you know, struggling with, you know, job satisfaction. Like I, I work at a high school as well. And that's, it's sort of, yeah, not, not going as I'd hoped it would um, in the last sort of, sort of four or five months. Um, just not really enjoying it anymore. And being back at uni now, I'm not able to work as much. So, I'm, you know, struggling financially a little bit um, with, with triax, which we haven't touched on yet, but I'm not a, not able to put as much time into that as as I'd like, which is which is frustrating as well. So there's, yeah, everyone's going to have different things that they're that they're struggling with, and they're just some of the ones I am. But and I think it's important to that's when it's important to reach out and talk to people about what you might be struggling with, whether you think it's not that big a deal or whether you, whether you're actually really struggling, because um, I think a lot of the people within the industry are probably going through a lot of the same things. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for yourself, you say that your, you know, job satisfaction is, you know, a big, a big factor and all these little things add up to, you know, they, they sum up basically to make you feel that kind of like, you know, a little bit down, especially in this, in the industry, but for yourself, man, you're young, you're, you're studying a doctor at the moment and you're basically the head of SNC at, at a VFL club. Like, I don't think many people that of your age, uh, doing that kind of stuff so you got to give yourself a pat on the back for that in the first place but it also shows that which is very common with the people i've talked to so far is that you have such high expectations for yourself satisfied with it at the moment because you haven't met where you where you want yourself to be yeah it's hard i've been trying to and something i've been trying to work on probably over the last 12 months or so is trying to not worry about this idea of where I should be in my head. And I don't think I necessarily, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily not where I want to be, but there's always this, 
I think social media um, impacts this a little bit as well. Um, but you see a lot of other people, what they're doing and what they're up to. And you sort of, it's hard not to compare yourself mm-hmm. at times, which is something I'm, I think I'm getting better at, but probably, you know, a couple of years ago when I was first, first starting doing those internships, I was, um, I'd, I'd finished uni when I was doing those internships and I'd graduated and I was still hadn't had a job and it was hard sort of being like, well, you know, what have I done wrong? Why, why haven't I got a job yet? Um, but I think that I'm getting better at there's not this set path that, that everyone needs to go down. There's not a set age that you need to achieve certain things by and it's everything is going to work itself out. Eventually, you got to trust the process a little bit and, and you'll get there. 100%. Um, touching on what you just mentioned there about like um, comparisons, I wanna, I've got a few little questions I want to hit on that. Being a strength and conditioning coach and you also mentioned before about practicing or like, you know, do what I say, not do what I do kind of thing or what, whatever the quote was, we couldn't figure it out. How important do you think it is that you are someone that practices what you preach, but uh, do you feel like intimidated at all? If you're, if you're instructing someone, say, for example, the boys at Frankston, who are yep. bigger than you, stronger than you, faster than you, whatever it might be, when you're supposed to be telling them to do 10, 100-meter sprints or squatting however many reps? Yeah, it's um, probably something that's not, probably a little bit underappreciated. I think that if you're going to, and it's probably something I haven't been good enough at, to be honest. I Maybe, at, maybe, let me, maybe, yeah, maybe let me rephrase that, but it was probably more towards the direction of like, you know, should we, should we be prioritizing that or should we be looking at, you know, are we relying on what he knows compared to what he can do? I think anytime that you're instructing someone or trying to tell someone what to do, you need to, Appear, like I guess appearances matter in a way. And I'm not saying it's important what you look like physically, but if if you do look out of shape or out of touch or you're sort of a little bit uncertain of like the, the footy players, I guess speaking broadly, they're, they're probably not going to respect you at first if you don't, don't look relatable or like if you don't look like um, you know what you're doing. So... Um, it's important in that sense, but it's not the, it's not the be all end all either. Um, like what you know, far far more trumps like whether you can kick a footy or whether you can match their training. Um, but it's it's usually that first that first little hurdle that you need to get over sometimes that athletes they don't necessarily care about about what you know and i guess it's that building the more time you can spend with them like you can build those relationships and and once they there's a quote that that sort of sticks out to me that's like they don't care about what you know until they know how much you care mm-hmm. so i think once you can build those relationships and and really build that rapport as well that's when you sort of get, start to get that more of that buy in yeah and do you think as well as like at the level that's not as elite, like sub elite, you think of people who are younger as well. They think, oh, this guy coming in, he's, you know, an old CrossFit athlete who can bench whatever or, you know, run a marathon under two hours, whatever it might be. And compared to like, I was listening to Gorney's podcast. The guys at Melbourne have a little podcast, bit of fun, but they had Darren Burgess as a guest on there. Yep. And, Darren Bur- and then Gorney was told that, you know, when he came in, Darren Burgess is this the best in the business kind of thing. 
you look at Darren Burgess, he's nothing special in terms of physically, but he yeah. knows everything about what he's doing and he's confident and he's got the reputation, he's got the qualifications and he he's, uh, like you said, the best in the business and Gorney respects that more. Um, but then that moves on what, what I was going to say also about, you mentioned about Insta or like uh, social media. Uh, I saw on the, the, the Triax page that you're, you're a bit of a poster boy for the boys. You're, you're demonstrating a lot of the exercises. You give me a lot of the instructions and you're on most of the videos and stuff like that, which is good. I love that. How do you feel that social media plays a part of that impact on social and mental well-being for coaches? I, I don't know if I'm on the poster boy per se, but I um, I don't know how that's worked out that I've, I've done a lot of those uh, a lot of those videos, but we'll, we'll run with it. Not, not the poster boy aspect though, but um, I think social media, like the, um, it's such a strong tool to connect with others and you can, you can learn so much. I know I've, you know, follow a heap of other coaches or gyms and that sort of thing. And you can learn a lot through that. And it's a way to, you know, connect with those in your field and sort of educate those who might also be in the field, but also, you know, just people who who are training as well. But I, think it can be um a little bit isolating in a way as well because it's hard to it's hard to put yourself out there um and particularly when when it's your name and your face and your reputation that you're that you're putting out there i know i get pretty anxious about posting on on social media and i'm not going to lie i probably post more of want to post on the the triax page because i can hide behind the brand necessarily rather than putting my name out there on my own personal one. Yeah, right. Um, Cause it can, it can be a little bit overwhelming to, um, you know, see so many good coaches out there posting, you know, some really great content. And sometimes I just, I find it hard to, to see what I can post that's of, of value. That's, that's just for me anyway. Like I, and that's, it goes back to that sort of comparing yourself to others, which a lot of people probably do naturally. I think it's, I think it's just a little bit of human instinct in a way, but I think it's, it's key to remember that a lot of, a lot of those people are probably thinking the same, the same things. They're probably getting anxious about posting things as well, but I think it's, it's probably social media is probably not, it probably doesn't impact us as much as it would like the athletes necessarily, potentially, uh, particularly at the, the elite level. Yeah, okay. What's an embarrassing event that has happened in the past, mate, that has had made like a long-term impact on whether a good, bad impact? I, I can't really think of a like singular event, but I suppose like being, like it happens from, from time to time and the more it happens, you sort of learn to live with it. But I suppose like being called out in front of a team like by a coach or a player, it always sticks in your mind and makes you pretty embarrassed in the moment. Um, and early on, you know, early internships and that sort of thing, um, you know, rattles me a bit. Um, but the more, the more I've experienced it, which it doesn't happen on a weekly occurrence, but it happens, happens every now and then. Like there's lots of, lots of people involved, particularly in footy clubs, a lot of personalities that aren't always going to agree with what you do. The more so now I just, you know, brush, brush it off. It's not, not going to do me any favors by, 
by focusing on it and you can sort of like the more for me anyway, like the more I've been at Frankston, you can sort of develop those relationships with the players and the coaches where, you know, they start getting into you and you just, you know, depending on who it is, you might give a little bit back or yeah, otherwise yeah. just, otherwise just ignore them. So, you know, you, you probably need that, that early on, yeah. I think, because you're always going to face some sort of conflict. And if you, sort of go through, you know, your internships or your early experiences without any without any issues and then you get a bit higher up and, and you don't really know how to deal with it or that sort of thing. Not that you – I'm sure most people will work it out, but it's just nice to have dealt with those things early on so that when they do come up again that you can sort of brush it off a bit more easily, you know how to deal with it. Yes, for sure. And you feel like obviously making those those relationships and those connections with the coaching staff and like your athletes, your students, whoever it might be, your co-workers, that helps you move past those things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you, particularly on game day, like everyone's in the heat of the moment and there's people, you know, little spot fires, little arguments that pop up here and there. But then when the final siren goes, you, you hug it out and you handshake and and you're good again so yeah exactly. um so having those relationships yeah it's, it's really key no one takes it personally whereas if you probably didn't get along with someone and you start having an argument then you sort of like oh, what's what's going on there to see like why doesn't he like me and, and that sort of thing so where do you where do you see comfort whether it be in your high school setting the dolphins uh uni where, where do you where do you really see comfort in your workplace i think i, I guess just like having a you know, a, a strong team around you, which I guess for me isn't always the case because at, at the high school, it's pretty much just um, myself and and Damon, who who I work with at Triax. We we run the high school program together. But I guess having having that strong team around you, knowing that you can trust them, um, is really important, and also being like a judgment free environment where you have that room to make mistakes. Um, and that no one's going to, you know, hold a grudge against you and that sort of thing. Like I've worked at footy clubs where it's probably not that judgment-free environment and you, it makes you feel pretty uncomfortable and and on your toes a bit and, you know, compared to, to Frankston where it's they've got a really good really good culture down there that's sort of been instilled from from the leaders, the coaches, the, the captains, the leadership group and I think that that runs through the whole club. So right through the players, right through to our high performance team and our medical team. And that sort of gives me, gives me a lot of comfort that I can, I can sort of go do my own thing. And, you know, I'm doing something that someone doesn't agree with. We were able to have those discussions and it doesn't get personal. Yeah. And when you mentioned about like previous football clubs and previous settings you've been a part of, how did you find support or, or find your confidence yeah, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't know really, because probably something that I would probably just analyze in my head, you know, in the drive home and sort of wonder what sort of what went wrong or how we could have done things differently. Um, but I think that sort of comfort comes with a little bit of experience as well. And the more the more you more you're exposed to something then the more familiar you get and you sort of get more 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 comfortable and more confident naturally do you feel you uh in those moments as well when that you analyze it in your head and um then seek out other 
while other options of support mostly did you feel lonely at any times yeah i'm i'm pretty pretty notorious for for overthinking and and getting in my my head about things and as i mentioned at the the start of the episode i lived in the outer outer suburbs so there was plenty of um long drives home at night after doing you know some 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 unpaid internships so that that gets um that gets pretty like like pretty lonely sometimes but um you know anytime you're you're new in a field and you're putting yourself out there um it can feel feel pretty lonely you feel pretty vulnerable i think but that's i guess that's where it's important to to reach out to you know whether it be um if you are an intern, like to reach out to the other interns within within your organization or wherever you're doing your internship, other people you know at uni that are doing this sort of same sort of path and that sort of thing, because like reality is a lot of them are going to be going through the same thing. That's good to have that connection, to have that support, isn't it? Yeah. And anytime, like anytime you hear someone going through something similar, that makes your it sort of makes your worries um and your anxiety like a little bit less overwhelming because it makes you makes you sort of realize that or it gives you comfort that you're not the only one going through this and it's not sort of not as big of a deal as probably as you've made it out because i guess naturally you analyze what's going on in 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 sort of your life when it's not going well you sort of beat it up and yeah gee what's what's going wrong here i'm you know, I'm doing such a shit job. Like, but when you hear other people going through the same thing, it's like, oh, maybe this is just like the normal, normal part of the process. Like you mentioned before, overthinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, and then you mentioned about being on the field and being uh, and being alone in some aspects, being new to a field. But where in, in your own experiences have you felt the most vulnerable? Whether it be on a field, whether it be at uni or coaching. Yeah, I think probably. Probably those internships, probably when I was at Port Melbourne, I was thrown into the deep end um, pretty quickly and I didn't have that too much experience. And it's pretty intimidating, I guess, going into a, a footy club um, with all these guys that are a lot older than you, a lot fitter, stronger than you. And you're going to, you know, it just starts usually with, you know, running warm ups or running conditioning sessions and, you sort of feel like you don't have much of a foot to stand on because, you know, they're going to be, you're making them do all this hard, grueling work and they're thinking, Who, who's this guy trying to tell us what to do? So you feel, yeah, you feel, I felt pretty pretty vulnerable, I guess, then. And I guess anytime you're you're putting yourself out there, like when, when we started Triax and when I started my own, like, Instagram page and that sort of thing, you feel pretty vulnerable and, like, feel like you got all these eyes on you all of a sudden when the reality is there probably aren't too many people that interested in what you're doing but you, you sort of beat it up a little bit in your head to make it to make it to be bigger than what it actually is right yeah i completely agree with that and um you know it's never easy going out on social media like you said all those eyes looking at you but in reality you just think who cares and do what you need to do yeah there's so many people that are like they're much more worried about what they're doing than and I know it's the case for me. Like I, you know, wonder about like what everyone's thinking of me. But then, if I try and flip that and see if I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm not 
I'm not judging every post I see or what everyone's posting and that sort of thing. So you sort of got to push those thoughts aside and reassure yourself that everyone's, everyone's fighting their own little, little battle in a way. That's the thing. When when you're starting a page like you, you know, you try X and whatnot, you're not really trying to think of what people are thinking about you. You're trying to, you're trying to promote a service. You're trying to get out there. You're not an Instagram model. You're not wanting people to judge you as a person. You know what I mean? Um, You're just trying to get your word out there. Um, Yeah. You know, just getting it out there is the first step, I think. Um, Judgment's a judgment, but you just got to, you know, don't really think about it. It's not reflecting you as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think anytime that people see you just, you know, trying to have a go, I think a lot of the time people are generally supportive of that. And we haven't had anyone, you know, sort of that we know of um, hit back at us and be like, you know, what are these guys doing? These guys look like idiots, that sort of thing. So, my brother, he he, um, he's he's a writer and he's a he's a big sports fan, and he did a few um, articles for uh, the F one, and I think for cricket as well. But he did one article on the F one. It was his first article, and it got posted on a I couldn't tell you what what website what. And uh, he got two comments on it and it was two like high-end publishers saying, what are you doing? You don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. And my brother was like, <laughs> Thank, thanks for commenting. Like, you're welcome to come back anytime. He didn't care. He was getting backlash. He was just like, oh, great. You're commenting. Like, Yeah, you know. that's so interesting. Like it, well, like it's the, any, any exposure, what is it? Any publicity is good publicity, I guess. Yeah, so. Um, yeah sweet. Uh, so big one here for you, mate. Would your your ambitions as a person, let alone as a strength coach, would they, would they change if you had, if you were given one year to live, would they change? I guess I had to think about this one. I think that probably would. I think I, like I try to, you know, live by that, the mantra or the, the mentality, you know, live, live every day. Like it's like, it's your last, but the reality is I'm doing a, I'm six months into a three year, uni course and and sort of so that's sort of playing the long game and the long-term game i guess so you know if you had a had a year to live then i'd probably pretty quickly get rid of that get rid of the uni course <laughs> and, most people agreeing on that one mate yeah <laughs> and um i think i was gonna like oh how can i rush this three-year course in the next few months yeah <laughs> yeah so that's probably not going to be priority number one anymore so um probably less less of a focus on on sort of that work work uni life to be honest which i try to i try to get that balance right of um you know nothing's more important than than having time for yourself or with family and friends and you know but it's not not always the reality it's not always possible i guess so um yeah if i had a year to live then pretty much all my focus would be going into that yeah have you got any any advice for some uh, up and coming coaches in the in the industry? Yeah, I um, it's something that I regret, but I would like so it's like my own personal experience. I would go and get as much experience as you can early, and that can be, you know, particularly I guess this is more aimed at you know people who are at uni still, but you know, go get your sports trainers course if you want to work in footy clubs and get exposed to those environments now, whether that be, and that like, you're not probably not going to get into a, an elite organization, but you'd be working at, you know, amateur footy club or um, 
you know, basketball, cricket, netball, all these places are looking for, for sports trainers, soccer. If you want to get into strength and conditioning, try and get your cert three, four in, in fitness and work as a personal trainer. If you can teach, you know, 45 year old Joe from down the road, how to, how to do a squat, then I think you're going to be okay when it comes to um, coaching athletes. When, if that's what you do want to do, um, you're going to learn so much more by, by coaching, you know, everyday people, general population clients. Um, that's where you're going to learn all your lessons really, um, you know, message, Again, if you do want to work in, in sport, message local clubs and ask if they need a hand. Like if you can show that you've you've run your own programs or you've facilitated things um, on your own, then that's going to look pretty pretty favourably upon by by clubs at sub elite or professional levels. And look, those those local clubs there, that's where you can afford to make mistakes really that's where you can sort of refine refine your craft and that sort of thing so get, get as much experience that's a good point yeah um another big one give us your best dad joke yeah i i can't say i've had i have a, a go-to dad joke so i've had to um i've had to do some research um that's right that's and right. so so I, I think i've got a good one but i'll, I'll let you be the judge uh, sammy so so I was, sitting, I was sitting on the couch at home and, you know, my, my wife, she's, she's walking around the house and she's doing things. I probably wasn't paying too much attention to her and she's, you know, in the kitchen putting groceries away, you know, doing, doing her own thing. And she just, she just stops all of a sudden and, and says to me, you weren't even listening, were you? I'm a bit confused, a bit taken aback and I thought, gee, that's a, that's a pretty weird way to start a conversation, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> No, 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 that's all right. Okay, it's probably it's probably topical. My my girlfriend, she'd probably agree that that's probably something I'd do. But that's a, a conversation for another time. You haven't done any research at all. You just had just happened yesterday. That's that's just a personal anecdote. <laughs> oh mate, no, that's good. No, I'll give that a, I'll give that a three out of five stars. To be honest, it's got it's got room to improve, but it's not horrible. So, oh, thanks, thanks, mate. Appreciate the feedback. Um. <laughs> Now, mate, uh, what, are you, what are you guys doing at Triax in terms of like, do you guys want, do you want anything to be out there now about what you guys are, are putting forward in terms of social media or any programs you're doing at high school or just moving forward? Yeah, so um, we've got, so I guess if there's any, any sporting clubs out there that, that want some help with their, their programs, whether it be strength programs or conditioning programs, we, we sort of help with uh, yearly plans as well. So setting you up so you can plan everything out and we're hit the, hit the ground running time the come time of the, the season starting so we as well we're on instagram at triax performance um youtube as well i'll put all those um in the show notes as well mate. yeah perfect so um youtube as well um got a Fair few videos on there that like we we think we're putting out some good content, some really informative stuff. Um, so check it out if you are interested. Um, more so for for those within the in the industry, um, strength and conditioning coaches or exercise professionals. We are on LinkedIn as well, and we do post um, reasonably frequently on there. Find us there. Give us a give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Comment on our videos, preferably something nice or positive. But 
Sean, mate, thanks for your time, mate. Really do appreciate it. Um, hang on, hang on the on the video chat for a bit and I'll have another chat to you. But apart from that, uh, we're all done here, brother. So appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. No worries. So thanks again, Sean, for jumping on the episode today. Um, I've got a lot out of that and I hope you did too. Sean's an example of someone at a very young age who's got a lot on his plate uh, with study and with work and trying to make it all balance out within the industry. So Sean's contact details and his social details will be in the show notes of this episode, as well as uh, that of Triax Performance, his sports consulting company. So if anything this episode has, you can relate to or has hit you in a certain way, uh, please feel free to get in contact with myself or Sean for a bit of a conversation. And remember, it's always better to seek out connections through someone you know or someone you don't know in order to get that support. And I will see you guys in the next episode.